Well, God bless you. Welcome to the wonderful Words of Life radio program. We are going to be talking about the Balm of Gilead today, and we'll be in Jeremiah and some other places in the scriptures. So let's just go ahead and pray, and we'll get right into the Word of God. Father, we bless you today. We rest upon our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, and upon our Helper, the Holy Spirit, not only to deliver accurately, Lord, your word, but we pray for all those within the sound of my voice, that, Father, that they will hear the word of the Lord and will give you praise and honor and glory for that, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God. Jeremiah says this in Jeremiah chapter 8, beginning in verses 19 down through 22. Notice Jeremiah writes, Behold, listen, the cry of the daughter of my people from a distant land. Is the Lord not in Zion? Is her king not within her? Why have they provoked me with their graven images with foreign idols? The harvest is past, summer is ended, and we are not saved. For the wound, or we could say it this way, for the brokenness of the daughter of my people, I am broken. I mourn. Dismay has taken hold of me. Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then has not the health of the daughter of my people been restored? Amen. Praise God. Notice the lament of Jeremiah. He says, Behold, listen, the cry of the daughter of my people from a distant land. So Jeremiah is looking and he's hearing uh, this cry uh, from the daughter of the children of Israel that are held captive in a distant land. They've departed. Is the Lord not in Zion? This, this is the cry. Is the Lord not in Zion? Is her king not within her? We could say it this way. Is Jesus not on the throne? Is God not in the heavens? Do we not have a king? But now notice what else Jeremiah writes and he says, why have they provoked me with their graven images with foreign idols? It's almost like Jeremiah is crying out, is the Lord not in Zion? The cry of the daughter, is the Lord not in Zion? Is the king not within her? And it's almost like God is answering and saying, well, why have they provoked me with their graven images and with their foreign idols? This is why. They don't see the king. This is why they don't sense the Lord in Zion. This is why uh, the king is not within her, is because of the things that the people of Israel have committed against the Lord. And of course, the cry comes, harvest is past. Summer is ended, and yet we are not saved. Our harvest is always plentiful. We always have a bountiful harvest. God always blesses us and promises us uh, prosperity, but yet we don't receive it. We don't see it, and hence we're not saved. See, they're expecting. See, the children of Israel, they were expecting deliverance, but it didn't come. They were expecting to be back in their homeland in just a matter of days, but they were still in bondage. And then verse 21, you can hear uh, the words of Jeremiah, but you can also hear uh, the words of Jehovah God, the one who loves Israel. He says, for the brokenness, we could say for the wound or for the brokenness of the daughter of my people, I am broken. 
God doesn't take delight in the ravages that's coming upon his people. He gets no delight in it. And, and Jeremiah says further, I mourn and dismay has taken hold of me. It has shocked me. It has uh, the, the broken, the brokenness of, of the daughter of my people is, is bro broken me. For the brokenness of the daughter of my people, I am broken. Now, what is the what does the word brokenness means? It means a fracture. Uh, like a shattered vessel, a, a clay pot that is shattered, uh, a limb that has been broken. For the brokenness of the daughter of my people, I am broken. God takes no delight in the death of the wicked. It grieves him at his heart. How many times throughout the Old Testament did the Lord, uh, did the prophet say it grieved the heart of God uh, to see his, his children in the state that they're in? And Jeremiah writes this, he says, I mourn and dismay has taken hold of me. And then he says this in verse 22, is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then has not the health of the daughter of my people been restored? Well, to answer these questions, is there no balm in Gilead? Yes, there is balm in Gilead. Is there no physician here? Yes, there is physicians there. Why then has not the health of the daughter of my people been restored? Because it's not the physical brokenness that Israel's experiencing. This is a, a spiritual sickness. This is a spiritual brokenness that has separated them. Notice what I remember what Isaiah said, but your sins have separated me from you so that I, I cannot hear. Uh, your prayers. And so this is what we're going to talk about. First of all, when we say the balm of Gilead, what, what really, what are we talking about? Well, uh, in the area of Jordan today, there's a land called Gilead. And this land was known for its balm or its resin or its solution, a soothing balm that uh, had a lot of medicinal purposes for it. And because of that, physicians moved to Gilead because it, you know, they were there where uh, they could get easily access to uh, all of these medicines that that these uh, uh, bombs uh, produced. And uh, so, when Jeremiah, in writing, when he says, "Is no bomb in Gilead? Is there no physician there?" Well, the answer is yes, there was Balm and Gilead and there were physicians there. But what Jeremiah was mourning for was the spiritual condition of Israel. And I'm telling you today that there are problems in the church today. And they're not just physical problems. They're spiritual problems. There's things that we have allowed to slip that we need to once again get hold of. We have doctors today. We have medicines today. But all the doctors and all the medicines in the world cannot cure the issues that exist in the church today. And that's really what we're going to be talking about. And we're going to be talking about this great balm of Gilead and the healing that he brings 
And of course, going back to Jeremiah chapter eight, if you read the entire chapter, we we realize that uh, number one, that Israel rejected uh, the word of the Lord. God sent them a word and they rejected it. And God, even though they rejected his word, he does not abandon his people. The issue is that his people oftentimes had abandoned him. And so there are spiritual forces that are set when certain things and certain actions that we take. And if we'll stay with the word of the Lord, if we'll stay with the word of God, if we'll not depart from the word, even though what we see with our eyes and what we hear with our ears does not coincide with what God's word says, if we'll quit looking with our physical eyes and quit feeling with our our senses and we'll begin to look and stay with the word of God will come out good. That will please God. Now, there is a bomb in Gilead, but he is not found in the ways of the world. This bomb of Gilead must be sought out through faith. Now, listen to what Ezekiel wrote in chapter 27, verse 17. Notice what he says. Judah and Israel traded with you. Now, this is Ezekiel's prophesy to Tyre, a Gentile nation. Judah and Israel traded with you. They exchanged wheat from Mineth and confections, honey, oil, and balm for your wares. Now, what does this mean? How do we apply this to what we're talking about today? Well, first of all, Israel traded with Tyre. Tyre is a type of the world. And what the church in many times, in many places, has done today, uh, they have begun trading with the things of the world, and those things have gotten into the church. And liberal ministers that have been trained in liberal uh, seminaries and in uni- theological universities have received knowledge not from the revelation of God that's in the word of God. They've received uh, knowledge from the world, wisdom from the world that does not produce anything. I've read after some of these great theological colleges and universities and how today they've left the word of God. They teach more on social issues, social sciences and things like that, psychology and things of that nature. Then they do the word of God. The best bomb that I have found in my 52 years as a born again believer in Jesus Christ has been the bomb of the word of God. Hallelujah. That helped me more than anything. I remember a family member went to a, a Christian counselor and I'm not a, I, I'm not against Christian counseling. But I'm telling you that when we were discussing Uh, These issues with a Christian counselor, with this person that that we know of, that was really a part of our church. The word of the Lord spoke up on the inside of my wife and said, who are you going to trust, this counselor or me? Friends, it's good to get good, godly counsel, but good, godly counsel from people does not take the place of the counsel that comes to us 
from God's word. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. And so by leaving the word of God, uh, the, the children of Israel, they abandoned God. He did not abandon them. You can see in the writings of Jeremiah here, uh, the heart of God, how his heart is broken and he mourns over the condition of his people. But yet, as much as, a God, as, as, as our Heavenly Father is a God of mercy and a God of compassion, he's also a God of justice. He will always judge and do what's right. And so there is a bomb in Gilead. And Ezekiel was prophesying against the nation of Tyre. And really, he was prophesying against Judah and Israel. And he said, Judah and Israel traded with you. They exchanged wheat for minneth and confections, honey, oil, and balm for your wares. So really, what is Ezekiel? What, what can we get out of, of this word from Ezekiel? The fact that Israel traded with Tyre, which is of, of the world. We are not to love the world. We are not to love the things of the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Israel exchanged wheat and honey and oil and balm for Tyre's wares. Well, what wares are we talking about? Well, they traded away wheat, which is a symbol of the word of God. We've left the word. And we accept the wisdom of this world, which comes to naught. The princes of this world will come to nothing. But he that keeps the word of God will abide forever. So what's more important? The word of God is more important. The word of God is more important than our doctors, more important than our, our counselors, more important than our medicines. And I'm not, I'm not saying that you shouldn't go to doctors and I'm not saying you shouldn't, you shouldn't take medicine that they prescribe. All that's good. But what I am saying is that God's word has to come first in our life. If we are going to receive the abundance that God says that we can have, then God's word has to abundantly abide on the inside of us. So we can't trade away the word of God for what the world has to offer. But notice these types, the wheat, which is a symbol of the word of God, but honey and oil, which is a, a symbol and a type of the Holy Spirit. How many times do we go by our reckoning in our mind instead of waiting on the Holy Spirit for his guidance and his direction? Even though he's speaking on the inside of us, that still small voice that we need to go in a certain direction because our mind can't figure it out, we go our own way. We leave the Holy Spirit. And by leaving the Holy Spirit, we grieve the Holy Spirit. And that's why in many cases, he won't talk to us any longer. I remember a dear lady in our, in our church many, many years ago. Uh, she was not, this is her own testimony. She was not walking in the way of the Lord. She had backslidden and the Holy Spirit kept convicting her and convicting her, attempting to woo her back. She knew what she needed to do. She just wasn't doing it. And finally, she just got exasperated and says, just leave me alone. And at that very moment that she said that the Holy Spirit departed. I mean, didn't depart from her throughout eternity, but he just quit dealing with her. 
and she was left in with nothing but an empty vacuum. Oh, and, he, and she told me, she said, it took me two to three weeks of praying and fasting and pleading for the Holy Spirit once again to return. I'm telling you, it is a horrible thing when we grieve the Holy Spirit. And in so many of our churches, this is exactly what we've done. We traded away our honey and oil, our Holy Spirit, for that which the world has. Let me tell you something. God's not going to condone sin. The Holy Spirit is not going to condone sin. I feel so sorry for these people that are living a homosexual lifestyle, and yet they say that they're believers in Christ Jesus, my friend. And whoever you are, you're living a lie. Satan has deceived your heart. God has a way. There is the balm of Gilead. There is the medicine that comes from heaven that can heal you and restore you to health. Praise God. We need the wheat of the Word of God. We need the honey and the oil of the Holy Spirit. We need the balm of Gilead. The one who will restore us the one who will bring us back to health. And who is this balm of Gilead? It is Christ, our healer. He is our balm. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. And there's two things that he wants to do for us. Number one, the balm of Gilead. He wants to restore us and he wants to heal our wounds. Hallelujah. Sinners need to be saved. They need to be brought to Christ. And if you're listening to this program at this moment, I want you to know that Jesus loves you. There is a balm in Gilead for you, hallelujah, that will bring restoration to you. But you need to receive by faith this balm. His name is Jesus. By repenting of your sin and coming to him by faith alone, nothing with empty hands, with nothing else and appealing to his mercy and he through faith will save you. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. So the balm of Gilead represents the restoration and the healing of Christ. If you're a born again believer and you're backslidden, what do you need? You need to be healed. God heals the backslider. God saves the sinner. And he heals the backslider. Hallelujah. Praise God. He does this because he's the one that took our place on the cross. So that we all could be forgiven of our sins and healed of our sicknesses and our diseases. Hallelujah. Those wounds and bruises and putrefying sores. Hallelujah. He will pour in the oil and the wine. He will restore us. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But notice what else the balm of Gilead represents. It represents that perpetual fountain of life and health. Once a person receives Christ Jesus as Savior and Lord. Zoe life, perpetual life that comes uh, from the nature of God. Hallelujah. That fountain of life that springs up evermore enters into us. 
and it is a perpetual fountain. You know, Paul said it this way. He says, our old man just gets old. The outer man is perishing, but yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Hallelujah. The Zoe life of God, a perpetual, perpetual fountain of life and health. And when I say health, I'm talking about spiritual health. I'm talking about being filled with the Spirit. I'm talking about somebody who has just feasted upon the Word of God and is so full. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. That, that uh, people can just know beyond a shadow of a doubt. They can feel the life that's just pouring and ebbing out of them. Hallelujah. And that perpetual fountain, it comes to us. Through him, the balm of Gilead, through him, Christ, who is now raised up and sits on the throne of his glory. Praise God. Remember what Jesus said to the woman at the well in John chapter 4 and verse 14. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. Spring up, O well, within my soul. Spring up, O well, and make me whole. Hallelujah. Amen. There is a healing fountain, a perpetual healing fountain that flows out of the throne of God through our spirits. Hallelujah. It will heal our mind. It will heal our body. It is this perpetual life fountain that renews our minds, that grants us the mind of Christ, something that we already have, but it needs to become real to us. All of these great things that we're talking about in this session, all of it, it's all good knowledge, but it does no profit unless it's the Holy Spirit that makes these things real to us. There is a reality of the indwelling presence of God. There is a reality of the indwelling word of God, that word that comes alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword that pierces even to the dividing of sunder of soul and spirit and joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. It's the living word of God that separates that which comes out of our spirit from that which comes out of our mind. Our mind, on average, we think 50,000 thoughts a day. How many of those 50,000 thoughts that we think every day surround the Word of God? There's only one way we can be assured of it, and that's to spend time in the Word. Think the Word. Meditate the Word. Speak the Word. Praise God. Amen. And that's the word that the Holy Spirit confirms with signs following. So Christ is that perpetual fountain of life. And listen to what else Jesus said in Revelation chapter 22 and verse 17. And the spirit and the bride say, come <clears throat> and let the one who hears say, come and let the one who is thirsty come and let the one who wishes that anyone who wishes take the water of life without cost. Reminds us of Isaiah's prophecy in chapter 55. Oh, let him that is thirsty come drink. 
Hallelujah. Amen. God wants us to drink of the waters of life. Now, this is the reason why so many in the church fail to receive the balm of Gilead. Notice what Jeremiah says in chapter 2. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, to hew for themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. There is a way that seems right unto the, to a man, but the end thereof is the ways of death, a dead end. We know the path that we are to tread, and that is the path of life. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my pathway. Hallelujah. If we go by way of the word, we'll always make sure that we lay beside the green pastures and beside the still waters. We'll make sure that always our soul will be restored. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. And so the cure, what is the cure? What is the cure this balm of Gilead offers? He says this. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. Hallelujah. So how do we do this? Well, on a daily basis, we come to Christ. First thing we have to acknowledge is that we're dead. And our life is hid with Christ and God. Dead what? Dead to the world. We don't want the world's wares any longer. We're not going to trade away the word of God for what the world has. We're not going to trade away the Holy Spirit, the, the honey and the oil of the Holy Spirit for what the world has. The world cannot offer us restoration and health. But the bomb of Gilead can. So when we come to Christ every day, we come to him in faith. We come to him in faith plus nothing with empty hands. Hallelujah. Our total dependence is upon him. We come to him with nothing, with empty hands. We come to him with nothing but his word. What the word says. We come to him with nothing, with empty hands. We come to him with the word, with nothing that we have but his word and with the Holy Spirit. And the word and the spirit, God will confirm his words with signs following. See, we in the church, we don't receive the bomb of Gilead because we've left the word of God. Many have. Many in the church have. They don't even read the word. They don't spend any time in the word. But yet the Bible says that the word is life. The Bible says the word is health. The Bible says the word is a restoration. Amen. And Jesus is the word made flesh. He is the balm of Gilead. Hallelujah. So let's not bargain away the Holy Spirit for what the world has to offer. Amen. Let's receive the balm of Gilead. Let's not refuse the balm of Gilead. Let's receive the balm of Gilead, which is the balm of Christ. Hallelujah. 
It is He that will bring healing for our broken hearts. It is He that's going to bring restoration for our depression and our oppression and the things that this world, you know, that we have allowed to enter into our heart and into our mind. Jesus will wash it all away. Praise God. Hallelujah. There is a balm in Gilead. There is a physician there. And the health of the daughter of his people will be restored. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you were to die today, that you would be prepared for heaven? If you're not sure, then I encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Father God, I come to you through your Son, Jesus Christ. I repent and ask you to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I surrender my heart and life to you. By faith, I believe I receive you as my Lord and Savior. And I thank you for receiving me in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed this prayer and desire to know more about the gift of Christ that the Heavenly Father offers you, then email us at rbtc86 at gmail.com. We will be glad to answer your questions promptly and provide you at your request with materials that will help you to grow in your faith in the Lord Jesus. This is Patsy Dunning. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. And let me remind you to tune in to this station at the same time next week to hear more of the wonderful words of life. God bless you and remember what Jesus said. It is the Spirit who gives life.